Starting a podcast can be very time-consuming. I've been doing it for more than three years now, and my biggest challenge was finding a way to distribute my episodes across major audio platforms in a way that was easy, effective, and free to use. That's when I came across Anchor. And the best part is that you can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's going on, everyone? This is George Khalife. We're back with another episode of Let's Grab Coffee. I'm here with Francisco Mitoma, who's the co-founder at Bowhead Health. Francisco is a serial entrepreneur, has extensive experience in software and in different verticals of tech. And I'm really excited to have him on the podcast today. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me, George. Looking forward to it. So, you know, tell me one thing about, um, you know, your kind of career, because if, if someone looks at your profile, I mean, you've pivoted in different, and that's what we were talking about before starting, but you've kind of, kind of pivoted, you know, in different verticals of tech. So you started in gaming uh, and then you kind of worked more on the, on the health side of, of the software. So just curious to see what got you into this uh, kind of industry. Perfect. So I, I think uh, the answer, the one word answer for that is, I, I guess, just learning, uh, learning and applying things uh, that I learned and, in gaming, I, I grew up as a gamer playing Counter-Strike, uh, FIFA with my friends. Nice. Uh, thought of, you know, initially when there was, before there was Xbox Live, how could we uh, connect people to play in tournaments? So we, we developed one of the first uh, automated online tournament solutions uh, for Counter-Strike and other PC titles. And uh, that was back in uh, the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And and that learning about uh, data automation, how to connect data points and people online. Uh, long story short, eventually taking some of those learning lessons and now applying them uh, to Bowhead Health, which is obviously in a completely different industry, <laughs> yeah. but where automation is is very much needed. Yeah, for sure. And, and and before we get to Bohead, I'm just kind of curious because what's interesting about what you did was you kind of tapped into something way, way early on. So like when I was at the TSX, we saw a lot of pub, uh, public companies um, that were in the gaming space or like just starting to tap into, into e-gaming, like Enthusiast Gaming as an example. You're starting to see other companies like Splice, um, but but you did this like early on. So So just kudos to you for recognizing that opportunity and kind of chasing after it early. Well, I, I think it was almost too early, uh, if that can exist. Uh, you know, it was back, back then people were organizing these competitions via online forums. Uh, mm. And and now you have things like Twitch and uh, these, you know, the Staples Center here in Los Angeles is being filled up uh, and people are competing on around esports. Uh, so it's been very exciting to watch the industry uh, grow and evolve. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And as you sort of pivoted now, your, your sort of, I guess, passion, strength was always in the gaming side. When you thought of Bowhead, what was it about, you know, tapping into health, wellness, fitness, um, but kind of on the tech side, like what was it for you that you kind of saw that opportunity or that gap to pursue uh, with, this new, with this new initiative or venture? 
So after Titan Gaming, uh, you know, and and also growing up, I'm 34 now. Back then, I was in my 20s. Uh, getting my first lab test results, uh, thinking and thinking I was healthy, and then getting my lab results and and knowing that I actually had high cholesterol. I was predisposed to a bunch of uh, conditions. Uh, led me to place more importance on health than I ever had before. Uh, that combined with the fact that I grew up around uh, two physicians, both my parents are doctors, uh, really initiated the journey of discovering where, where and how health technology could improve. Interesting. And, and, and I guess what's interesting here is like, you, I guess, so I guess just to summarize, like the pain point was within yourself first, right? It wasn't something maybe that you saw in the market, you saw it within yourself and you're like, well, what if I can do something to maybe, to maybe simplify this, to make it more engaging, to automate it? Is, is, was that your thinking at the time? Yeah, it was this moment where, you know, being surrounded around all these devices and technology, even today, there's, there's so many gadgets and sensors that we have for our home, for our lights, for our cars. But the, the most important thing is the humans and the people. And uh, I feel like the technology just isn't there yet. Or as a society, we're not placing enough importance on uh, advancing what I think is the most important thing on the planet, which is uh, people's health. So, so that's, that's really what kickstarted this, this journey. Okay, got it. And, and if, if you were to simplify this for someone listening who's never maybe seen Bowhead Health yet, how would you summarize what it is that you're actually offering to someone who's using it? So at Bowhead Health, we're creating an ecosystem where people can find more about th themselves. So whether that's uh, genetics or different biometrics that uh, people have inside of their bodies to actually get uh, quantitative uh, results so that they know where they're at in their in their healthy living journey. Okay, and, and this is, uh, assumingly, obviously this is driven by data, but what kind of data are you collecting from the the users, essentially, of this, of this platform? So we're currently, we currently have uh, partnerships with uh, labs here in the United States Mm -hmm. where we're able to uh, collect genetic information about the person, as well as uh, cortisol, which is a marker for stress. So if you're stressed during the day, you're, there's a lot of science backing this, that your cortisol levels will go up. Uh, we're also tracking other sex hormones. For example, for males, it would be testosterone. And uh, for sleep, we're able to track melatonin. So if you're not able to sleep at night, uh, it may be because your melatonin is too low. So uh, we're taking all these different uh, biometrics and then mm. combining it with health surveys that we ask uh, users. So okay. those, those surveys are, are simple to complete. They take about 10 minutes through a mobile app. And uh, the, the vision is that we're able to take all this data with 100% privacy and 100% security and start applying artificial intelligence as well as inputs from uh, medical doctors and certified health professionals 
to try and give uh, end users easy and actionable recommendations. Yeah, yeah, I see. Um, in, in a weird way, it kind of makes me think of like Well Simple, if you know the company uh, for personal finance. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Well Simple really is giving you advice. It's obviously investing on your behalf, but it does use, use uh, AI in the, in the same kind of data driven process to, um, you know, to, 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 I guess, to create a portfolio, to rebalance all this stuff. But for you, it's obviously more on the, on the health and wellness and, and figuring out what kind of um, recommendations you need to be giving based on someone's, you know, current, um, current health or state of health. Exactly. That That's a, a really good uh, kind of uh, comparison. Yeah. Uh, but in order to get to that state for health, it's, it's very complicated. Uh, sure. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of regulations, uh, which, you know, there, there should be. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously we all know about the startups that have jumped uh, some of those regulations and that they've landed in hot water. And really for us, it's about uh, honesty and creating a platform where we're using uh things that have been validated that are science-based that are regulated in order to come up with these uh, recommendations. So uh, we've been working on this since 2015. Uh, you know, if first was laying down the foundation for how do we actually manage health data in a secure way? And, and, and then we've been building that, uh, that pipeline out with other partners so that we're able to, integrate other laboratory tests other genetic tests in in a regulated manner mm. i was going to actually ask you about the uh, the regulation side of things because i do know from from my days at the tsx where uh, especially on the public side you know just whenever we covered things like i don't know clean tech life sciences etc it was first of all it was very cap intensive uh, up front so it just required a lot of capital because as you just mentioned, like you had to go through so many hurdles and boundaries, uh, reasonably so. I mean, obviously that's uh, standard for the industry itself. But what kind of hurdles did you have to go through? And when you said like you were getting um, like patient data, I, I, that's when something kind of rang in my head, and I was like, wow, like I'm sure you've probably had to go through some regu regulatory hurdles there. So yes. So for example, with with health data, uh, at least in the U U.S., it's uh, all the data needs to be HIPAA compliant. So um, that that means how the data is shared and the internal processes of how even employees within our organization are able to access that health data. So there's a HIPAA compliance component that uh, is regulated that we comply with. Uh, and then there's other, you know, it's been a, a learning curve because obviously in, in compared to other industries, uh, health is is heavily regulated as it should be, as you mentioned. Uh, but it's other things in terms of uh, disclosures. For example, uh, we we can make claims that are not science uh, based claims that have been validated by the FDA, uh, and that's totally understandable. So one of our our strategies in terms of how to first enter the market is. Uh, via vitamins and supplements uh, the stat the current status quo of uh, vitamins and supplements is people essentially flipping through magazines most people fl flipping through magazines or walking down 
the aisle at a grocery store, thinking that they may need a vitamin or a supplement, buying it and taking it, uh, and then maybe or maybe not adhering to a schedule. So mm -hmm. this is absolutely incorrect and it's completely broken. Uh, and if, if we take a moment to think about the way it should work is you should get a lab test done at a regulated lab by a doctor, by certified health professionals. You should receive your results and you should get recommendations on what kind of vitamins and supplements you should be taking. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. growing up in growing up in Canada, uh, we don't get much sun during the winter. Vitamin time. D, buddy. <laughs> so, vitamin so, D. so exactly, you're told to take vitamin D, but some people do not need vitamin D, even if they live in Canada, uh, even if they don't step outside the house. Their the the way the physiology in their body is, they don't need to be taking more vitamin D. Uh, and actually, the, what happens if you take too much vitamin D That's is true. it leads to overcalcification, which means your of body course. starts producing too much calcium. So it's these nuances uh, within the health space that I think uh, the industry has kind of g given up a little bit too much to the, the marketing side of things and not not stuck with the science-based elements of uh, of the body which we're trying to get back to, to the basics, which is, you know, what is your body actually telling you? What are the biometrics within your body actually telling you? And then taking a, a preventative approach to, uh, to the results of your body. And, and, and one of the, the products I see that you have as well is uh, it's really a smart personalized vitamin dispenser. This is by the way, ongoing presently on Indiegogo. You've raised twenty three thousand five hundred forty dollars Canadian. Your goal is thirty three thousand. How is that going? What made you want to start the uh, this kind of dispensable uh, product in the vitamin space? Yeah, so I think the bowhead device is important when we look at adherence. Uh, so one of one of the big issues with uh, people getting prescription. A prescription from a doctor or a recommendation from a doctor is people forgetting to take their vitamins. Um, so with this device, this will help us close the loop and okay. to some extent verify that people are actually taking uh, what has been recommended. Uh, we believe that with the right partners, uh, which we already have a, a fairly good set of manufacturing partners right now, we can build this device for uh, to, to make it accessible to many users. And we see this as a good entry point to in future versions, extend this device into other markets, uh, the developing world, for example, where you know there, there is medicine, uh, there is treatment for malaria, it's simply not available. So uh, what we're, as I mentioned earlier, Bowhead is, we see it as an ecosystem uh, and a platform. So the Bowhead device is one part of that uh, ecosystem and it allows us to close the loop with customers. Yeah, no, 100%. I, and I do see, especially for someone like on a, on a very strict regimen, you know, like for, for myself personally speaking, like, I'll, you know, I'll take uh, a multivitamin and maybe one or two uh, fish oils uh, a day. That's kind of what I've, what I've been doing for a while now. Uh, but again, that's, 
that works for my body and also nor do i i really have um kind of discrepancies right like it's not like i'm uh i'm deficient in, in in areas where i need to be filling that with external supplements in that sense uh but i guess this is probably geared to someone who who does have those kinds of um intricacies right where they have to take many pills a day they have to be kind of on the on that watch make sure they get the right dosages like is that is that fair to say is, is that who, who your target audience is so we're, we're targeting people who care about their health they care about getting high quality supplements if they need them and people who are busy and sometimes forget to take their supplements i know for example I, I i had to take vitamin d and i was forgetting to take uh, the vitamins and and i think this kind of device uh, which is a small consumer device that's meant to fit in your kitchen or office uh, can really help with that because it's a reminder and there's a companion app that can also remind you to, to exactly. take your vitamins. Yeah, I love that part about it. Like it's connected to an app for those who don't know. Uh, and, and the re reminders slash alerts come through that for one. The other thing I actually really liked, which it's pretty detailed that you thought of, was uh, it's kind of family uh uh, family safe, I think you can call it, like it supports the family mode. So if you have kids, for example, they, uh, you can set a mode where it just doesn't open unless you, you unlock it uh, so that kids don't, by mistake, for example, take your, your pills. Yes, and, and that's, that's one element of it. And the other one is uh, for those people that have parents that are senior citizens, uh, maybe they should be taking by doctor's recommendation, omega-3 or calcium. So mm -hmm. this this is just another way that people can stay informed about uh, their loved ones and their adherence to uh, a doctor's recommendation. How does this, how does this um, coincide with someone who's say like a registered dietitian or a physician? Is this, a, would you see this as an add-on or a replacement? So this is definitely an add-on. Uh, For sure. Th this is not meant to replace doctor's advice or, you know, certified health professionals. We work very closely with uh, doctors and nutritionists. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we definitely see this as, as part of uh, that cycle. Got it. Yeah, that's what I assumed as well. I just thought I'd throw that kind of cliffhanger, but uh, it definitely makes sense. Like, it, I, I think it actually... Um, makes makes their kind of roles more effective um and at the same time i think the, AI, the way the ai is actually learning and receiving this data is from information and content from physicians in fact if you look at your advisory board you know many are in that field and um i know you got a shout out from uh, peter diamandis which is pretty big um who's the chairman of xprize foundation and, and singularity U. so he's um he's a proponent of it which is which is great man kudos to you for that yeah, I, I was uh, surprised to read his his blog post as well, uh, and and, and <laughs> I and, and I think that one thing that uh, one problem with the industry is there isn't a lot of data. There isn't a lot of publicly available data in order to make very specific recommendations, uh, especially mm -hmm. when it comes down to vitamins and supplements. So we believe that. The more data, as long as it's secure, the better recommendations we'll be able to give uh, people uh, by working with doctors and, and nutritionists.
And have you have you raised any money so far? Or are you self funded? So we've raised uh, we've raised uh, over a million dollars. Uh, we did okay. an ICO in two thousand seventeen. I'm assuming this is sorry. We did an ICO in two thousand seventeen, where we we sold uh, our token, which is a critical part of the Bowhead ecosystem, where we see health data as uh, the world's most valuable information. We mm -hmm. think that health data is at risk of becoming, you know, in, in, in the last in the last generation, in the last uh, decade, we gave up our privacy to social networks. We gave up our photos, our contact lists, and we see health data as the next big risk. Uh, so uh, we believe that uh, by building this health data infrastructure, uh, mm -hmm and allowing people to contribute their anonymous health data uh, to researchers, to uh, nonprofit organizations, to pharmaceutical companies so they can uh, continue to uh, innovate. We think that there's uh, a lot of value there to be unlocked responsibly. Okay, so, so uh, I just want to kind of clarify this point because maybe for someone listening who might not understand what an ICO is, but it's basically uh, an initial coin offering. So in the sense that you're using it, it's essentially um, instead of raising money for equity of the business, you're raising money for uh, a coin which represents some sort of value uh, underlying the business itself. In this case, if I understand correctly, what you're saying is um, I can basically donate like uh, medical records or whatever data that is valuable to you um, for uh, a percentage of an ICO. Is that is that correct? Or so. Uh, the vision of the of our bowhead token, which is uh, called the anonymized health token, is that uh, once people use the bowhead uh, ecosystem, so mm -hmm. whether that's one of the at-home tests or the health surveys or the ele electronic medical health record that we are planning to build, uh, all this is creating data points. Uh, which, for example, if a researcher is looking to uh, develop uh, a cure for something, uh, they would be very interested in buying health data from uh, one of their target uh, patients. So the, the plan is that these researchers will be able to uh, use a dashboard in order to for example, find their target uh, patients. So they would say, uh, they would specify demographics and maybe symptoms that a person has and uh, receive anonymous health data from people who have opted in to contribute that information. Uh, in exchange, the researcher would pay the end user for that information. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got it. I got it. That's interesting. And, and how has that been so far for you? Like, how has it been going? Because obviously, uh, on, on the outside, like you look at the market of ICOs, uh, I mean, Bitcoin prices are, uh, are kind of rebounding now, which is nice, but they went through a bit of a trough, uh, especially after a bubble of crazy, you know, crypto kitties and all this BS that kind of came out uh, with a lot that was actually credible, much like what you were doing. Um, did you face some of that? 
challenge, especially culturally, like from the market, or was it a pre pretty easy process? Well, I mean, there's there's always going to be people that uh, doubt a project, and and for us, you know, our our mission is and our our plan is to just keep working and keep uh, keep going on the project. Mm -hmm. uh, so, in regards to ups and downs of uh, the crypto sentiment, uh, our company is insulated to that. I mean, we obviously pay attention to to all the comments that that are happening regarding the space. But for us, it's been, uh, we've also received an incredible amount of support uh, from the community. We've also benefited a ton from, for example, the, the Ethereum Foundation and the incredible uh, innovations that they've developed with uh, smart contracts and just the, the technological advances that we're able to offer uh, researchers and and people who want to secure their health data i mean these are th these are incredible breakthroughs uh that are much more important than for example the price of bitcoin or the price of ethereum uh what matters for us is how do we how can we use some of these tools to improve the security of of health data so it, taking a step back uh obviously things like bitcoin have created a secure peer-to-peer -peer money transfer system. Mm -hmm. So a few years later, Ethereum uh, invents something called the smart contract, which right. means that uh, contracts can be programmable code. Uh, what we've done is we've taken some of the uh, technology, some of the concepts that uh, both Bitcoin created with uh, the cryptography of that wallet, and we've created a health wallet that essentially allows people to uh, encrypt uh, all their health information with this with the same kind of security that somebody has a Bitcoin wallet. So this is uh, an incredible innovation because it gives people an incredible amount of security around their health data. Uh, it's inaccessible unless you have uh, your your private key, which in this case is is the password. Uh, following that, what we did was we we leveraged some of uh, Ethereum's uh, smart contracts to develop uh, a management system for this health data, because obviously this health data needs to be shared with different parties maybe it needs to be shared with your family or maybe it needs to be shared with a doctor or researcher or an insurance company if you're in the united states so it needs to be shared so this is uh, an incredible platform for health uh, the ethereum uh, smart contract uh, programmable layer is an incredible uh, innovation for health and what we've done is we've taken some of the concepts there and uh, modified them so that for example with Ethereum, when you send uh, Ethereum, which is a currency, you'll need to spend Ethereum to send Ethereum. So uh, we we couldn't use uh, that, that that model system. unless you had a currency. Exactly, we, we couldn't use that model for Bowhead because it wouldn't make sense to have a person pay to upload their information for health or pay to access their health information. So yeah, what we did is. We, we flipped that model where the user is actually earning our token, 
for uploading their health data. So, so that's that's the economic model that we're we're developing is to incentivize uh, users adding health data to this ecosystem, uh, with the hopes of having a researcher, uh, nonprofit pharmaceutical company on the other end, wanting to access uh, that anonymized health data for the users that have opted in for to contribute for medical research. Wow, that's uh, that is really fascinating, man. I, I like that approach. It's also in a way that kind of democratizing that model, and you'll you'll probably see more, um, I guess, a, a millennial audience, but also one that's that's beginning to age as well, uh, who will probably be much more receptive to a model and a platform like this. Because um, I'm assuming like baby boomers wouldn't be your direct audience, but maybe millennials who have parents who are currently baby boomers may be leveraging a platform like this. Is that a fair statement, would you say? So, so I think that's a fair statement. And our, our view is uh, also global. I know our, our CEO, uh, Dr. Ria Mehta, was uh, on a panel with uh, some folks from the United Nations in Belgium a couple of years ago. And the developing world is, you know, even more exciting uh, because you know, there is a ton of innovation that unfortunately has not uh, reached uh, all these different corners of the world uh, where these people arguably need it most. Uh, some some countries just do not have any sort of health record systems. So uh, for us, we're also very interested and in keeping a, a very uh, close eye on the developing world and how one day we may be able to take our system uh, that we're developing and 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 be the foundation for for countries that don't have any sort of uh, medical health record system and make it a very accessible and and secure option for these uh, countries. Got it. Got it. And maybe maybe just on the entrepreneurial side um, for you is like maybe just. Uh, Two points and one question. What has been the most challenging so far? What has been the most gratifying? Well, that's a that's a deep question, and I know I, maybe I should have been prepared for better. But <laughs> uh, we got deep really been, quickly. What What has been uh, challenging is I, I think what, it's going to be an answer. I think most entrepreneurs would say, and that's failing. Mm. Uh, and and especially failing many times and consecutively, uh, and I think uh, incredibly gratifying is seeing people actually use use a product mm. uh, and and have positive feedback and you know especially now with now with Bowhead the the validation we're receiving is you know this, this is helping my life it's making my life better. I feel healthier about myself because I can track my healthy habits and and that's that that is a very gratifying experience. Okay, very interesting. And and maybe last question for you Francisco, uh but I definitely appreciate all your insights is you know for someone listening to this and I'd like to ask this question because uh you know people listening with my community are usually aspiring founders. Um, typically a little, you know, younger in age, but think 18 to 35. What advice, if, if you, especially for you, given that you've done this now uh, several times, like you've started different initiatives, you've also pivoted in different verticals and spaces. What have you learned 
that you've kind of stuck with throughout that whole process that has really helped you be successful uh, in entrepreneurship? I think it's uh, building on the momentum. So, you know, everybody has good ideas, uh, but I, I think it's building on that momentum of, of a good idea and mm-hmm. uh, grabbing a pencil and a paper and jotting it down, starting to, uh, even if my design skills are horrible, but uh, starting to draw what what the app would look like or what the business model would look like and then building from that, uh, refining the idea. There's so many incredible tools available to us where you know you can hire a designer uh, in a, even in another part of the world and have your design polished in 24 hours. So it's it's building on the momentum of an idea that I think uh, is something that that is exciting. That as an entrepreneur, we should never forget that that that's uh, you know that is the the genesis of of the business. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you for that. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, Francisco, Mitoma, Junior, appreciate men, this conversation. Uh, and, and I'm really looking forward genuinely to see uh, the progress with Bowhead and uh, hopefully other people take suit. They connect with you, reach out um, and just stay, stay on top of your journey, man. Thanks, George. And, and just so my my dad doesn't give me a hard time after this. So my last name is Diaz Matoma. So it's Frances, Francisco Diaz, Diaz Matoma. I will yeah. not forget this. Can I call you FDM? Is that cool? Yeah, FDM FDM Thank you so much, uh, George. Uh, it, it's been exciting and an honor to be here. Cheers, my man. Thank you. Thank you very much.